We just thank you for this time together. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege to worship you in spirit and in truth. Please touch your word this morning. Touch our hearts. Give us a closer walk with you. Give us more of a hunger for you, a thirsting for you, Lord. Just set us on fire for you, Lord. May we be just uh, hot and sizzling and witnesses for you the rest of this year and the beginning of 2024. Give us just a new determination, Lord, to live for you, to love you, to walk in your word, Lord. Just encourage our hearts, Lord. Take away any discouragement, any depression, Lord, any in any sort of discord in our lives, Lord, anything that's conflicting with us, walking in your perfect grace and your perfect love, take it away, Lord, and give us strength to do those things that are always pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, so I don't know how long it's going to last, but for the next few weeks we're going to do, next few weeks, maybe next few months, depending on how long the Lord leads, we're going to talk about spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare gets conflicted and confused with a lot of things, mental illness, uh, chronic depression, uh, emotional distress, all kinds of things that the psychology world and the world of emotional health will apply in their field. A lot of times it's spiritual warfare, it's demonic activity, it's activity that's instigated and influenced by the devil, and we need to be able to decipher that, because the Bible says in Corinthians, for we are not ignorant, King James Version says, we are not ignorant of his devices. Uh, another translation, the NASB and the ASB say, we are ignorant of his schemes. That word schemes in Greek is schema, it, and it, 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 means, it means plans, it means devices, it, it means uh, strategies it comes it actually is the base word is strategies it comes from the from the thought of strategizing that there is a orchestrated listen there is an orchestrated intentional attack against us you all need to know that we're we're playing for keeps the devil is not taking prisoners he's not taking names he is like john 10 10 says he comes to steal and kill and destroy He's not interested in neutralizing us. He's not interested in trying to imprison us or trying to help us maybe be unsuccessful. He wants to kill us. He wants to not only destroy us here, he wants to destroy us to before the life to come. He wants to take us out of the equation of heaven, really. He doesn't want to just take us out here. He wants to take us out for the life after Heaven is what he's trying to keep us from getting to. He knows he's doomed. So he's trying to take as many down with him. Ezekiel and Isaiah talks about that he took a third of the heaven angels. We're going to talk about that. Maybe not this week, but maybe next week. He's trying to take all of us as well. He, you know the old saying, misery loves company? The enemy wants to take us down. This is life and death, ladies and gentlemen. Are you all with me? I know we're dressing these fatigues, and I know it's fun, and it's different, and I love it, but I want to put you in the mindset. I want to bring you to a serious mindset that we are under siege. We are under attack. Do you all hear me? The enemy wants to take us out. He wants to take our families. He wants to take our loved ones. He wants to mess with our spouses, our children. He wants to mess us with us through our neighbors, through our employers, through our colleagues, through our friends. He wants to get us in our face through the supermarket people, through the people at the coffee shop.
to the people at the restaurants. He wants to mess with us wherever, whenever, however he can. And we need to be aware that we are in war. This is not for the faint of heart. This is not casual business, guys. This is serious. The devil wants to destroy us. Let me just give you a little bit of background real quick, and I'll just get into the heart of the message, and I'll let you go. I wanted to just talk about, before I get into the spiritual warfare, I want to tell you guys something about physical warfare. Let me tell you what Matthew says here. <laughs> this is just amazing. It says that in Matthew 24, 6 and 7, it says in King James Version, you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. By the way, even before Jesus wrote that in, uh, in Matthew, gave us that in Matthew, King Solomon said many, many years ago in the third chapter of Ecclesiastes, he said there's a time for love, a time for peace, a time for, you know, you know the whole passage. Well, in that passage, I think around verse 8, he said, and there's a time for war. There's a time, matter of fact, I think it was verse 8. He says there's a time to love and a time to hate. There's a time for war and a time for peace. Well, let me tell you, right now, it's time to hate the enemy, and it's time to go to war against him. Amen? You know how the calves say, let them know? We need to let the enemy know we are not going to take this lying down. We are not going to take it lying down. Matthew 24 goes on to say, For nation shall rise up against nation, but the end is not yet. For kingdom shall rise up against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in divers places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. That's what it says in Matthew 24, the prophetic chapter of Matthew. And so I decided, let me just look into that for a minute. This is 2023. This was written sometime around A.D. 70 or A.D. 80 in, two, in the year, in the year maybe, um, in, the, in the year, the time of, that Christ was alive during the first century, as we say. And so now it's been, what, 2,000 plus years. And I started looking around at, uh, the internet for what kind of wars are going on. Because right now, at the time that I started prepare, preparing this series, there was only one war going on. And that was that I knew of, that I thought was. I thought it was just a war between the Ukraine and Russia. And then, of course, on November 7th, October 7th, rather, the war broke out in Israel. So that I thought, okay, so there's two wars going on. So I went to several websites and found out, no. I did a search on how many countries are currently at war in the world right now in 2023. Ready for this? 33 full-blown wars are going on right now. 33. 33. How many of you are vets? Any veterans in the house? Any veterans? Brother Cole, thank you for your service. Thank you, Rob, for your service. I just want to say that Reg and I served in the 71st Airborne of the Boy Scouts on the corner, on the corner of Wooster Avenue and Wabash, and we served with honor. We had honorable discharges, and we want to let you know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, we were the boys. I want, to I want to thank the real men and women that served their country and put their lives on the line. Amen. There's a few people online I can think of offline that served. Uh, Brother Zeeb served, and uh, there's uh, there are probably some others that I'm not remembering offhand that are 
that are on on Zoom. But we just thank you for your for your service to our country. And uh, I started looking around at these wars, and I said, how could there be 33 wars going on when all I'm aware of is Israel and and Hamas, and uh, Ukraine and Russia? Well, there's wars going on in uh, such countries as Algeria, the Congo, Ghana, Ivory Coast, Niger. I always hate that country called Niger because it's so close to that other N-word. Uh, don't act like y'all don't use it. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Niger and Sudan, uh, Tanzania, Tunisia, Uganda, Ye Yemen, and, and on and on. I started looking at all these wars. So I said, let me look up some of these wars. Well, some of them are civil wars. Some of them are drug wars. Some of them are terrorist wars. Some of them are cartel wars. Some of them are ethnic cleansing and, and violence wars. Some of them are genocide wars. So these are wars are going on all over the planet right now. Physical wars. But wait, there's a bigger war that's, that I'm going to tell you about here in a second. So I looked at the rest of Matthew 24, verse 6 and 7, and it said there are famines going on. Now, I know that we have hunger issues. We give to the Cleveland Food Bank because we know there are a lot of people around our town that are homeless and hungry and children aren't getting proper nutrition, not getting enough food on a daily basis from a caloric content standpoint. I started looking around and guess what? On our planet, a quarter of a billion of the people on this planet Earth grapple with severe hunger and famine every day. That's, that's one fourth of the Earth's population. So if there's eight billion people, two billion people are dealing with famine and hunger and malnutrition. 2.7 million people die yearly, mostly from starvation and disease, just in the Democratic Republic of the Congo alone. 3 million people are affected in Niger. 10 million people in West Africa. 285,000 people die yearly in Somalia. And Yemen, 85,000 children die of famine. So, so, so Matthew writes that Jesus is saying that there's wars and rumors of wars. There's famines. Wait, there's one more. He said there's also pestilence, and pestilence is disease, it's pandemics, it's epidemics. And of course, we know about, about COVID-19. Well, in addition to COVID-19, that's, that's dealing with, with pestilence or, or famines today, there's Ebola, there's West Nile's virus, there's anthrax in 2001, there's SARS-CoV-2 in 2003. I didn't even know about this. 6,000 people died in 2006 of mumps. Uh, e. coli and salmonella 2006. H1N1 virus, sometimes referred to as the swine flu in 2009. Andy knows about all these things. MERS-CoV-2012. in 2012. Uh, This was a really shocker, Who whooping cough. 2012 killed 160,000 people on the planet, according to the National Center for Biotechnology Information. And then the Zinka virus, which we became familiar with a few years ago, uh, evolved into our, our current one, 2020, uh, of uh, COVID-19. All these viruses, all these pestilences going on, fulfilling the scriptures. And then the last thing Jesus says is earthquakes. And according to the National Earthquake Information Center, there's about 20 earthquakes globally every year. And here's the really kicker. There are 55, today, there will be 55 earthquakes on average somewhere around the world. They may not be 7.0 on the Richter scale, as they used to call it, the Richter scale. It's not called that anymore. 
uh, but just 7.0 on this on the scale of severity. It may be 6.0, maybe 2.0, but 55 earthquakes. So all that's going on in the physical world, all these wars, all these famines, all these pandemics, and all these earthquakes are going on every day around the world. But that's not our worst enemy. That's not our worst enemy, ladies and gentlemen. Not according to what Paul writes. You can flip over now to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Because here's what Paul says we should really concern ourselves with. And I want to leave you with this thought. Paul says, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, the King James Version renders it this way. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickednesses in high places. I'm not going to get through it today, but I'm going to break all that down for you guys throughout this series because what those are, the devil, the devil has ranks. Angels are ranked. Demonic angels are ranked. They have various divisions. They have, just like in the army, we have generals and majors and corporals and sergeants and lieutenants and captains. Well, Satan has his army of evil, his axes of evil, layered in strategic areas of attack that they do certain things and they dispatch in certain ways. We're not going to get totally deep into demonology because this is not a study on demonology or Satanism, but it is a study on spiritual warfare, and we need to know our enemy. We need to know who we're fighting against, how we can prepare ourselves to be victorious. Amen? Let me finish reading it. The New Living Translation renders it like this. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Remember those wars that I listed in Yemen, Congo, Ukraine, Israel, Hamas? We're not fighting in those kind of wars as believers. We're fighting in a warfare that is much more insidious. And listen, listen, the stakes are even higher than the stakes in these conflicts that I've just told you about, these 33 wars going on around the world right now. The stakes are even higher because they have eternal consequences. Amen? This is serious. The devil's not just trying to take our bodies. He's trying to take our soul. He wants to own us from the inside out. He wants to own our eternity. The Bible says here, and he, and he, uh, according to the, the King James Version and Ephesians 6.13, the very next verse, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the evil day, and having done all, to stand, stand. Amen. Rod gave me an amazing book some years ago. I think I recommended it to you guys uh, by Dr. Rick Renner. It's about the full armor or the armor of the Lord, about being dressed in the armor. Hi, Aaron. About being dressed in armor. And it, he goes into this, be, this amazing dissertation on what the various pieces Paul describes. I just went out in uh, Ephesians chapter 6. And uh, I, I recommend it. If you can still find a book, I don't know if it's still in, in, pre, in print, uh, but I, I recommend, take a look at it. It's an excellent book. It's a, it's a great breakdown of Ephesians chapter 6 in exquisite detail, and I, and I really uh, appreciate it. Let me just say this, though, of, of, my, of my own words or thoughts on this particular passage. A lot of Christians, and I mentioned this a little earlier, and I just think it bears repeating, a lot of Christians 
encounter trials and tribulations. And, and we, we, we go through these attacks and we think that it's war. We think that it's warfare. But I gave you what the definition is, according to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, of war. To, for war to be going on, for there to be a battle, the conflict has to involve two parties. It has to be contested. If it's not contested, it's not war. It's a siege. It's an attack. But it's not war. It's not war until we purpose in our heart that we're going to fight back. War requires two combatants. It requires a, a, a struggle. That's how the Bible describes it. Some translations call it this struggle, this fight, this warfare we in. It involves us not laying down and taking it, but fighting back, standing, having done all to stand. Whatever you have to do, the, you know, you can bend, you can break, you can twist, but you stand. You do not give in to the enemy because we're stronger than him. We have been promised victory. Our, our, our eternity with Christ, according to uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, lets us know that we have reserved us. We have, been, we have been bought and purchased, and we have been set aside, and our salvation is secure in him. But we still have to fight this battle, and we fight this battle because we do not want to give the enemy one inch of territory. Amen? Not one. I put down in my notes that uh, Ephesians 6.11 says that we stand against the devil's schemes. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 says, I have never forgotten in the sight of Christ for your sake. I, I have forgiven, rather, in the sight of Christ for your sake in order that Satan not outwit us. The King James Version says, so that Satan, so that we know his devices, that he doesn't listen that he doesn't get the advantage over us. Amen? He doesn't get the advantage over us because we know his devices. It goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13, no temptation have taken you such as is common to man. You all know the verse, right? It goes on saying God is faithful. That's a whole sermon right there. But God is faithful. Hey, man, isn't he faithful? Jeremiah knew it in Lamentations 3 said his faithfulness is new every morning. His mercies are new every morning. Rather, great is thy faithfulness. So we know that the Lord is faithful. It says he will not let you, listen, he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But, with the, but when you are tempted, he will also provide you a way out so that you can stand under it. Going back to that word in Ephesians, stand, stand, we stand, we stand, we win, we prevail. We do not die. We do not let the enemy roll over us. We do not give in to defeat. Amen? Finally, James says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. 1 Timothy chapter 1 says, this charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before you on, which went before on thee, that thou may by them, be mightiest, okay, this is, uh, that, that by them, mightiest war, that they mightest war a good warfare. So he's saying, this King James Version, a little tough to read sometimes, but what he's saying is that, that you will be mighty and you will win this warfare. That's what Paul said to young Timothy, who was also the pastor of the church at Ephesus in Asia Minor. 
let me just say this. I think that when we look at the devil, every army, and I started looking at some military strategy, every army has intel where they send out spies, they get information. The United States has the CIA, right? United Kingdom has MI6. Russia has KJB. Israel has the Mossad. Uh, Germany has this thing called DNR. It, all, all of these countries have these spy agencies, these intelligence gathering agencies that go out and get intel before they stage a warfare, before they start a war. You need to count up the cost, right? You need to know what the enemy eats for breakfast. You need to know everything about the enemy. You don't go into a battle and get blindsided. Amen. You find out that God did it in the scriptures. You remember Moses sent out 12 spies to spy out the Canaan land before they went in and took the land. They were in the wilderness, and Moses sent out these 12 spies and said, hey, go see what we're up against. You all remember that in the book of Exodus? And only two spies, Joshua and Caleb, brought back good reports, said that we can win, we can take these guys. The other 10 spies had a bad report. Moses and the people believed the bad report, and they died, and their carcasses were buried in the wilderness. All those over the age of 20. But the Lord wants us to have a good report. So we go out and we find out what the enemy is trying to do. And we do that through the word of God. Amen. For we are not, for we are familiar with his schemes. Amen. So as I close, let me just give you a little background or something to take home with to think about for next, for next Sunday. And that is exactly who the enemy is. And here's what the Bible says about who our enemy is, so we'll know what we're up against. Revelation 12, 9 says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. That was the devil. John, in John 8, 4, Jesus said, You are of your father the devil. And the lust of your father ye will do. This is Jesus talking to the Pharisees. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. That's who we're up against, a lying wonder. Satan's name actually in Greek means sartanus, which actually stands for or literally stands for adversary or enemy. His name means enemy. His very name means that he's in warfare against us. I looked up some of the names of the devil because he has so many names. I came up with, in the Bible alone, 27 aliases that the devil uses. 27. Let me give you just a couple of quick ones. Abaddon, which means destruction. Accuser, adversary, that's just the B section, A section. Antichrist, Beelzebub, Belial, devil, dragon, enemy, evil one, lawless one, Levion, liar, Lucifer, murderer, power of darkness, ruler of this world, son of perdition, fallen star, tempter, thief, wicked one. I mean, listen, anybody, listen, listen, anybody that got 27 names you shouldn't trust. <laughs> Dude got 27 <laughs> names. You don't want nothing to do with that guy because you don't know which one is coming at you, right? <laughs> 27 names in scripture, and that's just a, a, an estimate. I, I, when, I, when I started looking into who the enemy was, I came up with, with, with these 
five things I wanted to close. I'm going to sit down with this. These five misconceptions we have of who our enemy is and that and we have some wrong understandings of who the devil is. Number one, Satan is not a personal being, but rather is a force of evil. That means Satan is not some guy on the street. He's not a cartel uh, over, overlord. He's, he's not a, a rogue uh, villain. He's not an assassin. He is a spiritual force, supernatural power, okay? Don't, don't, don't trifle with the devil thinking that you can just say things like, I rebuke you, or I control you, or I'm over you. The devil is not to be toyed with. He is a supernatural power. When we come to him, we come to him in the power of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. With the power of the Holy Spirit, I command you to come out. We use, we invoke the Lord's name and the Lord's will because the devil is not our equal. Speaking naturally, he is supernatural and he is stronger than us from a physical standpoint. Our victory over him, our advantage is through the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's how we survive. That's how we thrive. That's how we're victorious. Amen? Here's another misconception of Satan, that he is equal to God. This, this, listen, listen, ladies and gentlemen, this is not a fair fight. This, these are not equals. These are not peers. These are not combatants from a one-to-one standpoint. God created Satan. He's a created being. He's not equal to God. He's not greater than God. Amen? God sends his angels to do his bidding sometimes when he's dealing with Satan. Also, we have this misconception that he resides in and is the ruler of hell. Let me tell you something. The devil is not in hell. Not yet. Not yet. Job 1 says, when the sons of men were coming before the Lord, that the devil came with them. And the Lord said, hey, you consider Job? I mean, the devil gets around. He was on the mountain in Matthew 4 when Jesus was going through the temptation. The devil was in the Garden of Eden, I mean, paradise, you know, messing with Adam and Eve. So the devil can, can go where he wants to go. He said, I'm going to and fro throughout the earth, he told the Lord in Job 1. You know, the Bible says in Peter that he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's always on the prowl. He's always looking to attack us. That's why we have to always be on our guard. We have to be on our P's and Q's. We have to be ready. The enemy wants to take us down. He wants to take us out. When we're sleeping, he's thinking of ways to take us down the next day, to bring us grief, to bring us conflict, to weaken us, to distract us, to disturb us, to disrupt us. He's always coming with us at ways to make us uncomfortable and take us out of our area of strength. He wants to take us out of our comfort zones. He wants to take us out of our position of strength. Be aware of that. This is not a neutral battle. This is not a passive war we're in. This is aggressive. The enemy is trying to steal, kill, and destroy us, according to John 10.10. I'm almost done, and I'll take a couple questions. Here's another misconception we have about the devil, that he can do whatever he pleases. No, he cannot. He is on a short leash. He can only do what the Lord allows him to do. He is not omniscient. He is not omnipotent. He is not all-knowing. He's not all-powerful. Amen? He's not God. 
He's an angel, a fallen angel, but he's not God, and he doesn't have all power, and he doesn't know our thoughts. And I also put down here, we have this idea that he can read our minds. No, he can't read our minds. He's not. He goes fishing. He goes fishing. He tries to find where we might be susceptible, where we might be vulnerable. He's a tempter. That's why he's called a tempter. A tempter. One that's trying to tempt, trying to find out where you might be fragile, where you might be vulnerable, where you might be weak. And finally, I put down here, he's not omnipresent. He's not everywhere. He may be some places and his demons can move around, but he's not like God. He's not omnipresent. He's an angel, which means as, as he, Satan himself, he's at one place at one time. Now, his imps, his demons... His, his angels, his fallen angels, they may be moving around and on assignment around the world to take us out, but not him himself. He's, he's limited to a place and space in time. Don't give it, and I, and I, I did all this little exercise here to, to, to give you some background so, so that you guys don't give him divine status. I don't want you to give him, you know, like God-like status. He's not like God. He's not over, over everything. He's not omnipotent. He's not omniscient. So let's not give him more power and authority than he has. Let's realize that through the Holy Spirit that we are greater. We are more powerful. Through the weapons of our warfare, which are not carnal, through the weapons of our power, which he gives us through the Holy Spirit, he gives us the ability to be, to be victorious, to prevail over the enemy, and we should not cower. We should not back down. We should not be driven by fear because fear is not of love. Fear is not of faith. When we are doing that, we're not walking in our strength. We're not walking in our, the strength that's available to us, the Lord's strength that we have as believers available to us. Amen? I hope you learned something this morning about our enemy. I pray that you learned something. I pray that you learn that we can one day, as Paul said in 2 Timothy 4, we fought a good fight and that we finished our course and that we've kept the faith. That's what we need. Amen. Dear Lord, we just thank you for your word and we thank you for this message today, this sort of introduction to spiritual warfare. We didn't get into all the nitty gritty. We didn't get into all the ins and outs, Lord, but we want to just start this, this trek down this road to learn and equip ourselves and make ourselves available to what you have for us, Lord. Help us to realize that we're not fighting this battle alone, that we're are, we are not walking in our own strength, but that we have your strength and all the resources of heaven on our side. Give us that confidence. Give us that assurance that we can be victorious, that we can get victory over our our attacks and our enemy and the things that he tries to, to wreak and sow into our lives. We thank you and we give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you.